are listening to Sex Positivity with Wisey, the podcast where we talk about all aspects of sexuality, youth involvement, and taking down the patriarchy. Это выпуск подкаста на английском. Выпуски на русском языке можно найти на нашем сайте. This episode of the podcast is in English. For episodes in Russian, please visit our website. Welcome to our first episode of our SGBV mini-series. My name is Thea Caroline and you're listening to Sex Positivity with YSAFE. This is a mini-series dedicated to our YSAFE project called Safe from SGBV. There will be a total of four episodes where we dive into what the project was about, the toolkit it created and what the impact was for the young people involved. I have another YSAFER with me today, Louise. She is an expert on the subject and the project. So listeners, you should stay tuned to learn more about what SGBV is and how the toolkit and its curriculum of workshops can be applied in your own context. Say hi, Louise, and welcome to our podcast. Hi, thanks for having <laughs> me. You're welcome. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, my name is Louise. Um, I'm based in Gothenburg in Sweden, and I've been a Y-saver for, I think, the past four years. But now, since October last year, I've been an alumni. Um, but I'm back in Sweden. I'm part of the Swedish Association for Sexuality Education, which is the, well, the Swedish Members Association of IPPF. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, I think we'll just dive right into the questions part. Um, so first let's talk a little bit about what SGBV actually is. Please tell us what does the abbreviation stand for and who can by a, who can be affected by this? Okay. So SGBV is, uh, short for sexual and gender based violence. Um, which is a violence that all groups of people in any parts of life and any part of the world can be um, affected by. It's a huge problem in our society. There needs to be more information about it and how you can, sp- how you can prevent it and how you can work against it. Absolutely. Um, so that's basically why we made a whole toolkit about this. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And as you said, there is a definite need for more information about this. And maybe especially now that we are living in a pandemic and our daily lives are so impacted and disrupted by um, so many different things. What do you think about that? So this past year has been really different. And, you know, COVID has affected SGBV in not a great way, in the worst way. It has gone up during COVID because people are staying at home. People are frustrated. And there's a crisis, you know, there's an economic crisis and medical crisis. And that that's a thing that makes things like SGBV and other types of violence go up. Um, so that's why we also had to do some adaptions for the toolkit, you know, both for mm-hmm. to to work with how SGBV goes up, but also because no one can really go out to be out in schools or in communities to actually do the toolkit or do um, the trainings in the toolkit. Uh, so we really had to change a few things for the... Yes, yeah. I hear that. Um, so anyways, that, that's great thinking though. I really want to come back to this and listen or hear more about this kinds of adaptions. Um, 
but first tell us a little bit of what kind of toolkit it is and and what the purpose of it is so um safe from sgbv which is the name of the project is you know we wanted to raise capacities of young people we wanted to create a toolkit with young people for young people for it to be you know relevant for young people within europe and hopefully for in other parts of the world as well um, so we wanted to create a toolkit we wanted to pilot it and we wanted to see the results uh, we wanted it to be easy for peer educators to use it to train other young people to better identify sgbv to be able to protect themselves from it and uh, detect it in others so this toolkit is basically the result of the collaboration between CSE educators, educators, AKA Wisafers, and other young people who do peer work at, with youth at risk of marginali marginalization. Hard word, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no worries, that, that is so much information. Wow, so um, let's just break it down. So how does it work and, and who can use this toolkit? So the toolkit is designed for people who are already trained educators. So peer educators who go out to schools and do sex ed or talk about other things that are relevant to youth today. Um, the toolkit includes theoretical backgrounds, um, a huge theoretical background actually, and a lot of preparation for future, future users. So if someone is already you know, trained and at ease working with young people in groups, they would be um, prepared to read this material and use it later. Um, we would, however, of course, advise any organization who would want, who would be interested in using the toolkit that it would be beneficial to organize some extra training around SGBV with young peoples um, who would then go on to do the workshops. Mm -hmm. But in theory, all sex educators can use it and it's for free. For sure. Um, it's easy to use. It's quite easy to, you know, read through and understand. And of course, it's completely free. That's amazing. So, but where can you access this amazing toolkit? Okay, so whenever it's launched, it's going to be at the YSAFE website. Um, so I'm very excited for everyone to see it there. Yeah, so sure, probably also post on social media, um, YSAFE and Instagram, and um, you will probably see it there as well. Wow, so that makes it super easy, peasy, accessible and affordable. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the structure of the toolkit. What are the different chapters and what is the purpose of this framework? Well, as I said before, um, first on the first hand, there's this huge great background that talks about you know what is this toolkit for who is it for um, how you're how you can use it um, how educational programs can help address SGBV and so forth and we also um, write a little bit about um, how SGBV can affect certain vulnerable groups that we work with throughout the project um, so basically after the background we get into the really good stuff where which is the modules of activities which is the you know 
the the workshop material that we worked on together cool so there's basically two parts an informational part one and then activities part two exactly um great that makes it super easy to kind of like look through it and have a very over like a great overview over the toolkit um would you like to highlight any parts of the toolkit and maybe a specific chapter or an important example that you specifically liked i mean being a theater kid the 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 methods that go into the more you know practical like acting something out and how you can change something that's something that really speaks to me but <laughs> so that's something that i really enjoyed both in the piloting part of the project where we um, worked it up and tried the methods together but also it's something that i want to try at some point with these kind of methods and everything you know we had to do uh, we had to change some of the methods to make them uh, work in digital rooms rather than in physical rooms because we couldn't go out in the classrooms or youth centers. Um, but whenever it's possible, the theater or more, you know, dramatical parts are something that really speaks to me. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, since YSA focuses on young people, I want you to tell us a little bit about how the toolkit included young people um, that are particularly at risk of marginalization. Yes, good question. So basically, um, we worked with six different organizations, three organizations fr from within the ICPF, and then these organizations helped us to reach out into their national civil societies to contact other um, organizations within their countries. So apart from the three organizations in Serbia, Portugal and Romania, which are part of the IPPF, we also worked with um, one organization working with women in Romania uh, called Filia, one um, organization in Portugal working with young lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people and uh, allies called uh, the network of ex Akeo. Sorry if I butchered that name. Latin isn't my <laughs> mother tongue. <laughs> but uh, we also worked with an organization called Association of Regional Youth Center in Serbia, which is an organization which works with young Roma people. So we work with young LGBTQI people, young women and young Roma people, which is three uh, groups of people which you know um, they they meet different kinds of mm, oppression throughout Europe and mm. it was really something that we were kind of nervous about at first hand to okay so could we create a toolkit that would work for different kinds of, of groups but overall it really ended up being really nice and it really worked and I think that whether it's a marginalized group that's one of these groups or if it's something else, I think this toolkit will work in a great way. Amazing, yes. And so many people were involved. Um, that's awesome. And as I said in the first 
uh, paragraph of the episode there will be a total of four episodes so you will definitely get to hear from firsthand experiences from these organizations as well so stay tuned definitely but let's talk a little bit more about um, who is behind this project uh, as you mentioned this is a toolkit from young people created by young people for young people let's let's talk a little bit about that sure so basically um as you all know of course YSAFE is a <laughs> network for pe young people by young people um so it was me in my role as vice chair of YSAFE at that point together with the YSAFE chair at that point Maria Honcharova from uh, Ukraine um we were part of the project team together with our youth unit at the IPPF office, as well as our amazing facilitator, Stalo, um, which is a really great... Um, so basically Stalo is someone who really understands the needs of young people and can un and read, really can read the room of young people. So I think that um, even though we were so from so many different countries and having so many different experiences. Uh, Stalo was really a person who could translate our different experiences into one really terrific toolkit. That's cool. That is not one easy task to do. Um, so you mentioned in the beginning that there was um, some hurdles to overcome, not just because of um, you know, some difficulties with planning, for example, or just the simple task of working with so many different people on one project, but also because of COVID. Um, so let's go a little bit back to that and how um, COVID actually impacted this toolkit. Sure, because I know everyone has been really affected by this pandemic the past year and us too. So basically we had to work together with IPPF and Erasmus Plus, which gave us the funding for this project, um, as well as the YSAFERS and our um, organizations to be able to, you know, okay, how to, to be able to figure out how we could work with this project without being able to go out and actually meet people. So what we did is that we adapted parts of the, the toolkit into being digitally friendly. So we actually had a session in the fall of 2020 where we did a training on how to do the work online safely and how we can train, how we can conduct the toolkit and our methods safely online, which was a in retrospect, a really nice adaption, whether it had been COVID or not, mm -hmm. because we really, it is really some, it's a really good gain to be able to work in both digital and physical spaces. Um, so even though it, it came from, you know, a, a bad place, it really worked out really neatly in the end. And hopefully we'll be able to go out into physical spaces as well and not just do um, safe from SGBB, um, our toolkit, you know, in the digital spaces. But um, after, like, looking back, it really worked out fine. 
that's a that's a amazing i mean um not just that something that is so horrible was turned into something positive and in retrospect even uh, a great adaption um yeah and you know why savers we have members in you know over 30 countries all over um europe and central asia so why savers are really you know masters of the digital tools already definitely so <laughs> i feel like we really had um something working for us with us having to adapt something into digital rooms amazing yes um anyhow that's that's literally the kind of thing that we need more of a toolkit made for young people by young people um we got to find more ways to help each other out and draw inspiration and uh, information from each other. So I'm sure this toolkit will be immensely successful and be of interest to many educators around the world, hopefully. Um, we're getting to a little bit of an end here. So is there anything I haven't asked you yet or something that you would like to share or maybe some advice that you have for the people who are going to use the toolkit? If anything, I would really learning from the how to do these trainings in online spaces um, that we did in October last year, it's really important that if you can, um, it's important that this type of, you know, the delivery of this kind of session or education that this happens in a safe space so that people can share um, about their lives or experiences. But also, of course, that these kinds of sessions can be extremely triggering for some people because working with sex sexual and gender-based violence and exposing people to having to think about these things, um, sometimes people may have first-hand experience in SGBV or they may realize throughout um, these sessions that they have been exposed to SGBV. So you really have to be really nice about these things and really take it easy and try to introduce things little by little and be, and for sure, as I said before, m try and make sure that even though it's a digital space, it's a safe space. Yes, safe space, safe space, very important. Um, Yes, I'm sure young people will take that into account when using the toolkit. And I just want to say that I learned so much today that about sexual and gender-based violence, as well as the toolkit and the work that you guys did. Amazing. Um, I hope that you guys at home learned just as much. And I uh, just want to say that with this podcast episode, we wanted to raise awareness in the IPPF network of the toolkit and its curriculum, attract other MAs and their youth groups to set up training and use the toolkit. Further, we also want to demonstrate that online adaption is possible. Personally, I think that all of this was so interesting and so informative. So I just want to say thank you so much, Louise, as well as, of course, a big thanks to all the people who made this project possible. The Safe from. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lise, for coming and have Thank a... Thank you for having me. Yes, <laughs> have a good day. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The safe from...
STBV project was funded by the European Union Erasmus Plus KA2 Strategic Partnerships Opportunity, and we are grateful for their support.